I'm Greg Jarrett. I'm Sandra Smith. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, October 19th, 2023. I'm John Saucier. Trying to figure out who the next Speaker of the House is going to be seems more difficult than picking winners in the stock market right now. The scene on Capitol Hill ever since the ouster of Kevin McCarthy has been chaotic, to say the least. And today, we don't seem to be any closer to finding a new speaker than the day McCarthy put down the gavel. They were going to vote for Steve Scalise. Then he was out within 36 hours. Then Jim Jordan. Then he lost two votes. Then he was supposed to be out. Then they went to another plan. Then that's not going to work. Now they're going to put Jordan back on the floor. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. The House can't do anything without a speaker, and the catch-22 here is that they can't even elect a speaker. Round and round we go. A couple of prominent Republicans have stepped forward in the forms of Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, but so far, they've failed to get the 217 votes needed to take the job. All this is Congress has some very serious issues to deal with, including a pending government shutdown. Let me just demonstrate how quickly the ground shifts around this place sometime. Our guest today is Fox News senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram reporting from Capitol Hill. We had a plan that Republicans were going to meet about here, and Jim Jordan was in support of, uh, to vote on a resolution to empower Patrick McHenry, the Republican representative from North Carolina, as the Speaker pro tem, uh, and actually install him, have a vote to do this. And this has happened before, back in the 1960s, when Speaker Sam Rayburn uh, fell ill, and they actually elected uh, John McCormick from Massachusetts, the Speaker pro tem, and then elected him regular Speaker, uh, you know, a year or so later. But anyway, the idea is that they were going to kind of put him in place so the House could begin to move legislation. They're very concerned about what's going on in the Middle East right now and being unable to respond to that. Uh, maybe a big aid package coming down the pike here very soon from the administration to deal with Ukraine and Taiwan and, and certainly the Middle East. Uh, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, he was on Capitol Hill today meeting with the uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to discuss this. Now, the House has been paralyzed for two and a half weeks. No votes, no speaker. You can't vote unless there's a speaker. So suddenly they went into this meeting. There was profanity. There was yelling. People didn't like this idea of trying to vote uh, to empower Patrick McHenry. So what did they do? They turned around and Jim Jordan says he wants to talk to some of the people who are against him. And maybe... uh, Again, we don't know because the plan and John, I got to tell you, this has been a monster to cover because the plan changes every five minutes. Right. You know, they you know, they were going to vote for Steve Scalise. Then he was out within 36 hours. Then Jim Jordan. Then he lost two votes. Then he was supposed to be out. Then they went to another plan. Then that's not going to work. Now they're going to put Jordan back on the floor. Now, even if they put him on the floor and have another vote, that doesn't mean necessarily that he wins. Again, this has always been this tactic to try to smoke out the people who are actually against Jim Jordan. Uh, There are some people who have said to me they're never going to vote for Jim Jordan considering the tactics the strong-arm tactics that he was using against, uh, you know, the wives of members and threatening text messages and, and everything. I mean, it's been remarkable. Some of the things, uh, you know, a death threat to Marionette Miller-Meeks. Drew Ferguson, a Republican from Georgia, was very upset about this. I mean, they're pretty mad. And so how suddenly you are able to close a gap where he, he lost votes. If you look at the vote tally on Tuesday to Wednesday and actually had more people present voting for him. There was there was one member, Gus Bilirakis, a Republican of Florida, who wasn't there, who came in and voted, and Jordan still lost more ground. So how you suddenly fix that equation when you can only lose four, I, I, I don't know. 
uh, but maybe they go back to the floor and continue to just vote and vote and vote. They did it 15 times back in January. So well, what about, your guess is good as mine. What about this theory, Chad? I wrote a report that there were some Republicans who are staggering their no votes against Jordan so that yes. later on in another vote, they could vote yes, show that he had some momentum, albeit fake momentum, and then try and grab the gavel. Have you heard about that? And do you uh, think that's feasible? I, I kind of heard it the other way around that the whole plan against him was escalatory. The idea that there were certain people who were going to vote no on the first ballot, and then on the second ballot, the number would go up, which is what happened, vote you know more no's on the third ballot. Uh, again, your guess is good as mine. I mean, I've not been to this rodeo before, and I've been to many. Okay, so a new rodeo, even for Chad, and he's been around many. Let's talk about how President Biden factors into this. You said that the House wants to pass a resolution condemning the Hamas attack against Israel, maybe support some sort of aid package towards Israel as well. President Biden is going to address the nation later on tonight from the Oval Office, where he is expected to call for support for both Israel and Ukraine. Do you think that that speech might leverage House Republicans to act faster than they normally would have, or does the president's words not factor into this? Well, as some people said just a couple of weeks ago, you know, we woke up on Saturday morning and had this war in the Middle East and people were like, well, you know, if this doesn't compel the House to move a little more quickly. And I reported that on that Saturday uh, that you had to kind of get the House in order and get things moving. Uh, You know, nothing would. Well, here we are more than two weeks past that. And that hasn't exactly moved things yet. Um, There is a stark reality setting in that the government is going to shut down in a month's time if they don't have a house that can vote. Uh, There is a stark reality here that they're having a problem dealing with any sort of aid package. You know, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, was here on Capitol Hill, you know, talking, uh, you know, in the Senate. Uh, So at some point they're gonna roll this package out here and going to expect quick action. Uh, Republicans in the House are gonna say, we're not gonna have any say on that package because the Senate's going to pass it and jam us. Are we really going to you, you know, sit around it and reject a package or, or delay it in the House just because we, we haven't had our say because the Senate concocted something, even if we have a speaker and are operational and can move? You see, it's, they're just going to get jammed by the Senate, frankly. House Republicans might as well pick a name out of a hat at this point because they've been unable to agree on a new House speaker following the unprecedented removal of California Representative Kevin McCarthy. This conundrum is so profound that even our senior congressional correspondent, Chad Pergram, seems perplexed. We're talking with him today about the issue, and that conversation continues next. So, Chad, what does Kevin McCarthy factor in all this? The California Republican obviously ousted from Speaker. He's been somewhat quiet, just kind of watching it all happen, but he's also received... Oh, I don't think he's been quiet at all. He has spoken on on our air since he left the Speakership about 12 times. Uh, He talks constantly in the hallway to reporters. And this is where some people have wondered at different points. I don't think this is the reality now that is he coming back as speaker? You know, in these circumstances, you wouldn't rule out anything. Uh, I even floated the idea yesterday to ask the question. No one had said this to me. I said, could they elect him as could they elect him as the speaker pro tem? Elect him as the speaker pro tem. You know, that bar is lower than what you need for the the speakership, you know, to be elected speaker of the House. You need an outright majority of all members voting for someone by name. Okay, that sounds like a simple majority in the House. It's not. It's actually a higher number because you have people who vote for other folks. So there's some algebra involved there. But to be elected as the the acting speaker pro tem, it's a lower bar. You just need a simple majority. 
So, again, I've not heard that directly. That was a question I asked. Somebody said I hadn't thought about that when I posed that. I don't think that's going to happen. But we haven't had a speaker in two and a half weeks. So what's the difference between having a speaker pro tem and having an actual speaker? I mean, does the speaker pro tem have less power? What would the big difference be? The big difference is that it looks like Republicans aren't in control, which they've not exactly demonstrated much of that the past couple of weeks. Uh, That's for sure, Uh, especially when they tried to blame this on the Democrats. That dog just would not hunt, frankly. Um, The speaker pro tem, if they are elected, has the same power as the speaker. And I'm going to give you a history lesson here. So we have a fairly unprecedented situation here, this vacant speakership in the middle of a Congress doesn't happen like this all the time. Uh, we, we went two weeks uh, without a speaker back in 1849 before they elected Hal Cobb from Georgia on the 63rd ballot. But that was at the beginning of a Congress. Here we've had two ballots and more than two weeks because they can't even figure out who to, you know, who to run. So what they did in 1961 is that Sam Rayburn had been the Speaker of the House, legendary Speaker of the House. And he fell ill, got sick, died eventually. And so John McCormick was elected the Speaker pro tem. And they had the full power of the speakership. And he was later elected the regular speaker after Rayburn passed away. So they passed legislation. One of the things that they passed during that period was the creation of the Peace Corps. So it's it's not like uh, you know, you're not actually running on things. And if you look at the Constitution, there are some constitutional questions about this, depending on who you talk to. But the House, if you have elected a speaker pro tem, uh, certainly based on that precedent from the 1960s, you're basically running a regular House of Representatives. Oh, people might challenge it in court, uh, but uh, they would be on a much better leg to stand on in that scenario than they would be just with an appointed uh, speaker pro tem, which is what they have right now, who hasn't done anything except gavel the House in, gavel the House out, and preside over the, the various uh, speakers' votes, which have failed for Jim Jordan. So it's basically like Congress is throwing darts at the dartboard right now, and there's some pretty big issues on the table that need to be addressed. Fox's Chad Pergram. Chad, as always, thanks for joining us here on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.